0: Keep your ride or die alive at eBayMotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: What's gonna happen tonight? What's gonna
2: happen?
1: We're gonna whoop their Have you got drama yet?
2: What's up, y'all? Welcome on into the go Vols twenty four seven podcast. West Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio, and as you can tell by the truncated version of this intro, we got a breaking news edition of the go Vols twenty four seven podcast. We're gonna go across town uh, to that uh, that that home daycare center of Ryan Callahan, and I gotta tell y'all guys, we we've had some we've had some big breaking news editions of this podcast the past few years, but but I don't know that we've had one quite this big. Ryan, this might be the first like holy pod we've had. Yeah. Uh
1: that may, hey that's a pretty catchy title. Maybe we should go with that. But uh yeah, no doubt it's that kind of uh that kind of day for Tennessee. Uh, five-star quarterback Nico Iamaliava has committed to Tennessee. Um uh, I'm sure but well, you know the, if you're full, if full you follow stop, Tennessee recruiting
2: huge deal.
1: Yes uh no question this is the number three overall player in the country uh, a Big time, big time talent at quarterback. Um, if assuming he signs, and, I, and obviously, look, several months left. Rankings can change. I, I don't foresee his ranking changing so much that he doesn't end up being a five star. But, but I guess you never know. But, but if t- assuming he sticks with Tennessee and signs, he, this would be the first five star quarterback Tennessee has signed since Casey Clawson in 2000. So, been a long time since Tennessee got a quarterback even comparable to this caliber and. You could certainly argue that uh, you know you're going to hear all sorts of probably unfair expectations put on him, but there's no way around it. This is a big time talent that uh, that that could be a program changer for Tennessee. Um, so I'm, if you followed Tennessee recruiting over the past several months, you probably heard this name. I'm sure a lot of people were skeptical early on that Tennessee would be able to beat out you know Alabama and Oregon and Georgia, UCLA, and everybody else that was in in this recruitment, uh, but. I, I, impressive job by Tennessee. They, they got him on campus twice uh, over the past five months or so, four or five months. And, and, uh, and for Tennessee to, to beat out some big, big programs for him. Uh, very impressive. And this, Hey, let, let's face it. You know, you never know what's going to happen once he gets here, you know, Taven Jackson's on campus, but this, there, there's a very good chance you're looking at Tennessee's quarterback of the future in, in Nico Iamaliava, six, uh, five, 195 pounds. Really talented, can can do it all basically, and a and a ton of upside in his game, which which we'll get into more uh, a little bit later. But this is uh this is just an an incredibly impressive win for Tennessee, and and just sort of a landmark win, and and maybe
2: a maybe a turning point for Tennessee in a lot of ways for for Josh Eiple and his staff. Yeah, you think about it now, and and you know there's going to be a lot of time that we'll have in this podcast. It might be just a couple minutes more than a, than a normal breaking pod because there's so much. Going on here, but, but the bottom line is, we will talk about the the impact of this more in the second segment. We'll get to all that, but the bottom line here is that for people who have said, "Man, I really like that Josh Heupel offense. I like the energy in the program. I, I like that that the guys love playing for him." But when is he going to recruit? When, when is he going to get those big five stars? When is he going to like put down a put down a big marker uh, right there for for the nation in recruiting? And this is it like like authoritative statements don't get much more authoritative than this one. This is a huge deal. This is a huge huge deal. I mean you think about it right now just just you know Tennessee right now you've got a top five ranked basketball team, you got a number two ranked baseball team and, and you got a football team that's got a lot of um, got a lot of, lot a of, lot of hype going right now but but has a long way to go in terms of really getting a lead again. but you get a guy like this, Ryan, you're sending a message
1: that's exactly what what this what Tennessee certainly is hoping this will be uh, I, I think it's a program changer potentially in a couple of senses you know one you know obviously you don't want to assume that he's he's going to live up to the hype and and you know project that he's a future Heisman contender and things like that but he's the kind of talent that gives you the opportunity to to maybe be in that discussion with a lot of uh, a lot of what he can do on the field but also there's the recruiting aspect and you know quarterbacks Obviously, you know, this is a pretty early commitment. They tend to commit earlier, and this gives you a chance to go out there and recruit other players. And And it really does send a message to to have one of these elite quarterbacks in the 2023 class, a guy that a lot of players around the country at least know of, if they don't know him personally, and, and are going to be impressed by this. And, and this is really going on the heels of what Tennessee did on the field last year, you know, a pretty promising first year. I think people were kind of, you know, looking at it like, okay, all right, that's that's a good start. Now let's see where they go from, from there. And for this to come on the heels of that, I think is only going to continue to raise expectations on the field, certainly, but it's going to get a lot more prospects' attention uh, in recruiting. So this is going to be the type of thing I think that that does give Tennessee at least a chance to parlay this, this into something more than just one big pickup. You know, this is the kind of thing that maybe big-time receivers. Other other big time players on offense maybe maybe think twice about Tennessee now uh, that weren't looking at them before and say hey maybe I want to visit there I'm, I'm sure Tennessee will be getting uh, Nico Iamaliava and on a lot of their recruiting efforts to try to get him to spearhead this class so that that's where this could be a program changer is just kind of the momentum it could give you in recruiting and and you know Peyton Manning and some of those guys Tennessee landed back in the 90s. If, if they live up to the hype, they have a tendency to sort of just convince other players, maybe even in future classes, uh, to come join the program. So if he lives up to the hype especially, um, but even before he gets on campus, I, I think he's going to convince other players to give Tennessee a look. And, and that that's something they were, were kind of lacking before. And now you've got some real star power to, to go behind everything
2: they're building. Yeah, and we'll, we'll talk in the second segment. And again, I apologize. My voice is a little bit... A little bit out of whack today, it's a couple days. It's not COVID or anything. It's just a little bit of an upper respiratory infection. But my voice is a little bit off today, so I apologize for that in advance. But we're going to have plenty of time in the second segment to discuss what this means, how big this is in terms of the sort of maybe the cascade, like the the effect of how many other guys could want to come play for Tennessee now, how much this opens everyone's eyes to everything. But before we do that, maybe let's talk about why, why that's the case. What kind of a player is this? And and I'm going to tell you, Ryan, I say this on every, every recruiting podcast we ever have because I feel like I always have to put this qualifier out there. I am not a recruiting analyst. I am not a recruiting expert. You are a recruiting analyst. You are a recruiting expert. We have recruiting experts all over our network. I'm not one of those guys. But I do know football, right? I've been doing this for a long time. And I've been looking at this this kid on film and I've been watching this stuff. And you can always pick up more when you see someone in person. But just from watching, I've thought about this for a while, Ryan, and I can think of one thing and one thing only that I don't love. And that is that he's a little bit skinny. But you can you can fix that. You can get bigger, right? <laughs> I mean he's 6'5, 195. He he's he's not, you know, a 19 or 20 or 22-year-old kid yet. He's got time to fill into that frame. But this is a kid. He's not really a, a guy who wants to run, but when he does, he absolutely can run. He is very, very athletic. but he is six foot five, 195 pounds. He has an absolutely gigantic arm and he just kind of flicks the ball around the field the way he the way you, you need to like you see those guys who just kind of make it look easy when they flick the ball left, they flick it right, they, they put the right spin on it, they put the right trajectory on it, the right touch on it. He just makes the game. At a pretty high level down there at Long Beach Poly, he makes it look ridiculously easy.
1: He, he does, and, and he, he just recently transferred back to Long Beach Poly, where he was before. By the way, that was a that's a, a new development. Mm-hmm. He was at true, true. he was at Warren Warren High School in Downey, California, before, but still in the same area, obviously. Um, but yeah, he is, as you said, in two years at that as a starter. He played a a, a COVID shortened season, obviously, in twenty twenty. And, and then this past year was his first full normal season as a starter. But that, that's what you see on film is essentially two years worth of experience as a starting quarterback. Um, so this is not a guy who's grown up, you know, just living, breathing it, getting, uh, working with all sorts of quarterback gurus yeah, across the country. Cause he's
2: also a top volleyball prospect. He's one of like the top That's, volleyball prospects in the country, you know?
1: Yes. Yes. See, I, I believe I, I was, if I, if I heard right, I, uh, he was invited, he's been invited to some sort of, uh, um, pros, maybe prospect camp for, for the, that, that could involve or eventually lead to, to him getting on the U S national team. If he wanted to pursue volleyball, you know, it's, he's, he's a pretty big prospect and, in volleyball, at least probably a you know top 100, top 50 type prospect in the country. If he if he focused his attention on that sport, so he's very good at volleyball and just kind of got into football uh, more the past few years. But yeah, so that that's the exciting thing about him is as you said, he makes it look effortless uh, throwing it just at kind of a flick of the wrist almost, and the ball just jumps out of his hand and uh, shows a lot of touch on a, on a lot of throws. Very impressive touch on a lot of in a lot of situations. Still, some things though that you see that he can continue to grow. Sure, uh, sure, polish. And, I mean, like all do, kids need, yeah. Sure, and that's that's why I think a lot of people have looked at him and said, you know, there, there's kind of a, this three headed monster at the top of the rankings right now in twenty four seven sports rankings. Where right now, and this this may be the first time we've we've seen this if it stays three quarterbacks battling at the top of the rankings to be the number one prospect in the country. Arch Manning, who obviously kind of a household name already in recruiting the nephew of Peyton Manning, son of a uh, son of Cooper Manning that, uh is, has been, you know, the number one prospect for a while mm-hmm. but right behind him. You've got Malachi Nelson, who's committed to USC. And then at number three, Nico Iamaliava uh, obviously now committed to Tennessee. And so you've got those three guys that a lot of people for different reasons, like each one, but the, the consistent thing you hear from a lot of people, and I would tend to agree, is that Ian Maliava might have the highest ceiling of the three. And it's partly because of his more limited experience. It's also just because of the kind of the raw skills and, and just talent you see, uh, as, as, as we talked about, just his ability to throw it, uh, to make any throw, basically, uh, his ability to run. There's really nothing he can't do with his skill set. And as he continues to, to polish things up and, and master the mental side of the game, I think he's only going to continue to get better. Uh, And and he seems like a, I mean, he's going to be a a guy with his skill set. can be a perfect fit for any system. But uh, if you were kind of drawing up the the prototypical quarterback for a a Josh type offense or or a lot of other offenses these days, it it would look a lot like this guy having a chance to to run, as you said, when he needs to. And when he does, he he runs with toughness and has has pretty good speed and all that. Uh, But really is a guy that at his core wants to, wants to throw the ball down the field and, and he can make it work either way. So the, the, this this is the kind of guy who absolutely could uh, could be one of the best quarterbacks in the country if he lives up to, to the hype. And there's a reason he's obviously ranked where he is right now.
2: Yeah, and and, and you know again, I, a, a player's like hometown or home area or where they're from. I mean, you, you know historically that you know Florida, Louisiana, Texas. I mean, there's areas that, that produce more players per capita. Um, and, and I'm not the, the the best expert you'll ever hear on this, but I have always loved West Coast quarterbacks. I love West Coast quarterbacks. I, I think that I don't know why, but it just seems like they sometimes have a better understanding of passing games when they arrive. And I know this this kid is not like a you know purebred, born his entire life to play quarterback kind of guy. You know, he, he he it's a little bit different. But just the way they play the game out there, I really like West Coast quarterbacks, Ryan. I think they just they have a feel for the game and a touch throwing the ball, especially in this era where where passing is is king in, in a lot of places. I like it. I'm with you
1: on that, and I, I think he, uh, he he's he's kind of a good example of what, what you often see out there—guys who, uh, you know, whether they've done it for years or not, just have a, just have kind of a natural uh, throwing ability that's hard to, to to duplicate, hard to find many places, and, uh, and and just a ton of upside there. And it's it's maybe no coincidence either that, that the last time Tennessee signed a five-star quarterback was a California guy, as I mentioned earlier, Casey Clawson. So uh, it's a state that's put out a ton of good ones over the years. And, and no question, he he uh he's he's just the latest. The, kind of furthering your point, Malachi Nelson again, the USC commitment. Uh he was previously committed to to Oklahoma and now following Lincoln Riley to USC. He's right out there in, in California too. So you got two of the top three players and quarterbacks in the country right there in a pretty small area. Uh that that's the kind of talent you often see in the state of California. It's why you know USC has always been viewed as as kind of a Uh, a sleeping giant in recent years that can get back to what they, they were not too long ago, because there is a ton of talent out there and quarterbacks are almost always available and just about any class. So uh, yeah, Iamalia definitely just uh, another example of that, but this is make no mistake. This is not just another elite quarterback in a lot of people's eyes. I think there's a sense here that, that, and you don't you don't want to overhype a, a guy or, or risk putting too many expectations on him. I think that that's probably gonna happen anyway. It's gonna be probably unfair uh, because Tennessee's not had a guy like this at the quarterback position in a long time, at least in terms of, of rankings. But th- this is a guy who's got a chance to be a generational talent in, in a lot of people's eyes. And and you know, again, you don't want to put too much on a on a teenager who's, yeah, who's not lots
2: even and on lo- a college campus. Correct me if I'm wrong, Ryan, but lots and lots of years where this young man would be indisputably the number one not just quarterback but number one prospect in the country it just so happens yes. that this year there's a competition where there's three of them but there's a lot of years i can think of where this young man would be the number one with a bullet across the board
1: exactly right i, th- I think that's a good way to put it because and, and, and greg biggins uh one of our national analysts at 24 7 sports uh there on the west coast very familiar with nico he, he said the very same thing said that uh, you know essentially there's no doubt in his mind, he would have been the number one player in the previous class, but but just because he's in this really special, at least at the top quarterback class in 2023 with with Arch Manning and, and Malachi Nelson at the top, that, that's why you see him at number three right now. So and, and hey, plenty of time for that to change. There are going to be all star events, uh, the the national all star games in January that will help them sort that out. Still a chance that uh, the, the, the Nico Iamaliava ends up being the number one player in this class. Uh, we'll, we'll see how that how that shakes out in the end. Arch Manning's been there for a while, but the bottom line is three special quarterbacks. Tennessee is now getting one of them, but but don't worry about the fact that he's behind these guys. Don't let that uh, take away from what he is, and that's a lot of people think he is a a, a potentially generational talent at quarterback. I mean, he's got a chance to be that good. So again, yeah, we'll see that recruiting. They're they're always busts and surprises. So so nothing's a sure thing. But I think there are a lot of people that look at him and see. Uh, a skill set and, and just raw ability that that's hard to find, and and certainly
2: the type of player that doesn't come out every year. There's a lot more that we need to discuss about this young man, and we're absolutely going to do that. Um, but we're a little bit uh, pressed for for a first break here, so we're going to step away for just a second, guys. Give you a second to just cool off for a minute. You might need to just cool off for a minute before we get rev back up again to keep discussing this sort of momentous day uh, for Tennessee football a really really big day for Tennessee football and we're going to have a lot more to discuss about it but before we do that we're going to step away and uh, pay some bills listen to products services in-house ads and other fun things and then we'll be right back here on the go balls 24 7 podcast hashtag ad Welcome back to the Go Valls 24-7 podcast brought to you by whatever products, services, and in-house ads you just heard from a moment ago during that commercial break. West Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. Ryan Callahan coming to you from across town there at his home daycare center talking about a huge, huge, huge day for Tennessee football. The Vols have gone 3,000 miles across the country and have secured a commitment from Nico Iamaliava, one of the biggest quarterback prospects, not just of this year, but of the past few years uh, in recruiting circles. This is a young man, six foot five, one 195 pounds, uh, just can do just about everything at the quarterback position. And when you talk about Tennessee as a football program, trying to chase and chase and chase and chase and get right back to being one of those teams that's just thought of across the country as, man, that's a football destination. That's a huge football program. This is one of those days, circle it on your calendar, mark it down, that proves – that Tennessee still has a name that means a hell of a lot across football recruiting. This is a big, big deal for Tennessee, and we have a lot more to discuss about it. Quickly, though, before we do that, if you could take just about, let's say, a minute out of your day right now, uh, go in there and rate and review and subscribe to this podcast. That would help us out a lot. If you're just listening on the website, we love you. There's nothing wrong with that. There's no wrong way to consume this podcast. But what would really help us out more than anything, if you could go in there, rate review, and subscribe. Whether you're on Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartTune, Stitcher, anywhere in the world you can cast the fine pod, you can find this very GoVoss 24-7 podcast. We do this for free and we're happy to do it. The one thing we ask, rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends. If you're already doing that, thank you. We love you. If you're not, go yourself. That That's the motto. People don't like it, but that's that's what it is. Ryan, just how big of a day is this? For Tennessee, not just the, this football team, this football coaching staff, but this football program.
1: Yeah, just it, it, it's huge. There's, there, as you said, it's it's potentially one of those watershed moments for, for Tennessee, where you just uh, look back on it as as kind of a turning point point and everything they they were doing. Now, I, I think certainly year one under Josh Heupel, uh, you know, it was it was a it exceeded expectations in, in a lot of ways. It was a, a foundation building kind of year. Uh, they've got the culture in a much better place now. Uh, there's a lot of things they've done that that led to this. Um, so I don't think this—you uh, can necessarily say that if Tennessee does get back to competing for championships in the next few years, um, as a result of this, that it's just because of this. But certainly, when you add this to what they've done, yeah, um, this yeah, it, it,
2: it might be like the day that had, you know they, they made Hendon Hooker the quarterback and they showed what this offense really could be, and that yeah. that led to this in some ways exactly. Yeah.
1: And give him and hooker a lot of credit because it gave Tennessee something to sell uh, Nico e. you go, but you know, that
2: uh, I think that's as
1: much as anything um, that's that, that, that helped Tennessee win uh, this battle. And, and Josh Heupel's track record with quarterbacks, you know, we, we have talked about that before. If there was a position where I think people would have given Tennessee a shot at winning a big battle like this, it probably would have been the quarterback position because, you know, Drew Locke, Dylan Gabriel, uh, even going back to his time in Oklahoma, guys like Sam Bradford, uh, there, he, there's some good players Josh Heupel's worked with in the past, uh, that, that when you, when, when you put them all out on a resume, it looks pretty good. And, and, and it's hard not to like that as a quarterback, uh, not, not a stretch to, to see that after one year with Hinton Hooker and having what, uh, what they have to sell now at that position, the, the numbers he put up last season, um. Uh, Combine that with everything else, and, and it's going to be pretty attractive to some good quarterbacks. So I think people w- would not be shocked maybe if you went back several months and said, hey, Tennessee's going to land a five-star quarterback in the next couple of years under Josh Heupel. But just for it to happen so soon, for it to be one this good, uh, where you're beating out you know some of the very best programs in the country for him, uh, that's that's the really impressive part. And for this to happen going into year two uh, just gives you a chance to, to kind of change the trajectory. Of the program even more uh, than than what they've done so far, you know they they might end up having a pretty good season this year to to add to this. But there's certainly uh, at at least in terms of expectations, I think this is going to change things a little bit for Tennessee in recruiting and for the program in general. Just uh, you know the the kind of uh, the kind of massively elite talent that we've not seen end up at Tennessee very much uh, over the years, really really at all in, in program history. I mean, very few players in the internet era that you could say were in the same ballpark uh, with Nico Iamaliava, who've ended up at Tennessee, you know, Bryce Brown, guys like that, Khalil McKenzie. Yeah, I was about to say ranked. Khalil, yeah. There have been some other guys up there, uh, but for one like this at the quarterback position, we've not really seen that uh, in the past 20, 25 years. You know, again, Casey Clausen, the last five-star uh, that Tennessee signed at quarterback. So it's just it's – it, it's, it's been a few and far between kind of uh, – kind of talent level for Tennessee at quarterback and there aren't many guys like this to begin with but really that I mean let's face it a lot of people are going to look at this uh fairly or not and say this is Tennessee's biggest pickup at quarterback since Peyton Manning and that's that's pretty lofty praise but it's probably a fair comparison at this point just based on where he is as a prospect
2: yeah and and, and it seems to me like a, a lot of the biggest prospects Tennessee has signed in recent years were guys who maybe late in the recruiting cycle got a really big ratings bump because people realized what kind of players they actually were. And I think that probably speaks to the level that Tennessee has, I don't want to say been forced to, but Tennessee's needed to recruit at recently because the program has been through some tough years and some turmoil and changes. And it's just been – that's just kind of how it's been, Ryan. But, I mean, this is – you know, this is one of those guys who – you know, you go – a lot of these, you know, showcase events, you know, the all, all these big competitions and camps and seven on seven deals and, and, and all these things. This is one of those names that when you say it to just about anybody at these camps and you say, hey, this kid, John Doe, or, you know, is going to Tennessee, that it really gets people to kind of open their eyes and go Ooh, almost kind of like a meme. And this is one of those names, isn't it?
1: I, I think so, and and you're you're going to see the reaction. I, I think th- this is going to make some waves on on social media. Uh, I'm sure already is as as we're speaking. Uh, just as, as far as the types of people who uh, who who take notice of this in, in recruiting, uh, and even outside recruiting, just in the college football world, you know, I think I think word has kind of gotten out there that uh, over the past several days or a couple weeks that, that Tennessee has been in. Uh, in good shape with uh, with Nico Iamaleava, but for for this to to go down for Tennessee to uh, to pull off this win, it's it's going to get a lot of people's attention. And again, I think the I think there's some real thought that um, you know not just people who are who are fairly close to to Iamaleava, but just some other good players around the country who who had some interest in Tennessee are maybe going to take a little more interest. So I think there's some thought that uh, you know, and we'll see how many of these end up being better possibilities for Tennessee right now. But you know, guys like carnell tate the five-star wide receiver from img academy down in florida you know he's visited tennessee twice uh since november just like iam aliava and and they were on the same visit actually back in in late november uh for the vanderbilt game you know does this cause a guy like that to to not you know take an even harder look at tennessee uh or does this bolster their their chances of uh of winning, what's what's going to be a, a really hard fought battle with Ohio State, Notre Dame, Alabama, and others. Uh, you know, the players like that, it, it, you would have to imagine it's going to only help Tennessee's chances at least a little bit uh, with a lot of those types of players, and maybe it gets them on the radar of some guys who weren't looking at them before. But but no question, quarterbacks uh, are, are trendsetters in recruiting. A lot of times, uh, they they get other players to follow them. That's the other thing that's big about this. Everybody you talk with, and, and it's easy to see why if you spend some time around him just for a few minutes and, and my couple of times talking with him, Nico Iamaliava is the type of kid you want, I think, to, to to lead your football program just based on everything everything I've heard about him so far. I mean, you never know. Kids, kids can react funny when you get them on college campuses. So uh, kids make mistakes and things like that. So you never say never, uh, and, and you're dealing with the human element there. So, so you never know if it's going to play out this way. But just right now, as a high school kid, everyone thinks this, this, this is a natural leader, a guy who's going to be a good leader for, for a program and, and someone that can, that can fit seamlessly into the culture Tennessee is building, um, that if you know, not a prima donna at all, but yet has, has that swagger and just natural confidence about him that you want in a big-time player. And, and it's hard to overstate the importance of that sometimes – I, I think he, this is the kind of guy that people are just going to gravitate toward because he's, you know, he smiles all the time. He's just, he, he's a likable, approachable guy and, and easygoing. And it's, it's going to, but yet at the same time, a competitor. Uh, you know, he, he, he kind of gets um, gets on his teammates sometimes at seven on seven tournaments and, and picks them up and, you know, says, says hey, we've got to do better, things like that. So he's a natural leader, easygoing and, and likable and fun to be around, but also not afraid to take charge. And that's exactly what you need leading a program. And, and that's maybe as much as anything, why this is a big deal for Tennessee not just the talent. It's what he could mean for, for the rest of Tennessee's program and just the overall culture and locker room.
2: Yeah. And you look at it and right now, I think, excuse me, I, I think the, the fact of the matter is right now uh, this, you look at Southern California and I'm not talking about USC. I'm talking about Southern California and right now, this just so happens to be when, when Lincoln Riley just got there, right? And, and it seems like it's a big year for a lot of players in that state, and a lot of them have already committed to USC. They've gone from, you know, Oklahoma commits or Oklahoma leans to being USC commits. So USC is going to get a lot of those. Maybe it's just hanging out at Lincoln Riley's house, and they're like, oh, my God. You know, I mean, they, they just – that's that's kind of a thing right now. But this is a young man who will get people's attention – toward Tennessee as well, and not just in Southern California, not just in California, not just on the West Coast. Across the country, people know what kind of a talent this is. And when you get a quarterback early in a recruiting class of this caliber, it very rarely leads to a mediocre recruiting class. Uh, You you don't have to be a recruiting expert to know that at the single most important position, if you get one of the best players out there, period, at that position early in the recruiting cycle – you have a chance to to get a domino effect and put together a really really nice class, and that doesn't mean that 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 you know that there might be some still some some three stars and other guys that Josh Eibl's like man I love this kid I want this kid in my program, but in terms of getting the eyeballs in front of or getting the attention of these high end prospects these big time the Rolls Royces the five star this this gets the attention there and I'll tell you what else it does Ryan if nothing else. We saw last year, I and mean, we no one needed evidence of this. Everyone should should pretty much know this. But if you want to make a leap as a football program, as a football team, whether you're at the NFL level, the college level, if you get a difference maker at quarterback, it does not evaporate your other weaknesses, but man, it sure does paper over a lot of them, and it makes things a lot better for you. It puts points on the board. It it, it just it helps you overcome other things it's not like you can take a team full of stiffs and go win a national title if you have a stud quarterback but you can win a lot of games doing that you
1: you can no question
2: hey just look at I mean LSU for years
1: has been a, a program with tons of talent you know they, they won a national championship uh, with, with Jamarcus Russell too but that was a guy that ended up being the number one pick but what, what took that program over the top getting Joe Burrow um, and a lot of other talent around him for sure but all it takes is the right quarterback sometimes. And, and, and the better comparison for, for Tennessee might be, uh, you know, a guy like Matt Corral at Ole Miss or something, someone yeah, like that. Uh, and that's just, that's, that's, that's a, just an that's example. A, that's a really,
2: really, really good point.
1: Because uh, yeah, I mean, that's, you could be looking at taking, taking Tennessee from, you know, a, a seven and six type of season to, you know, we'll see what they do this year. You know, one quarterback, as you said, not going to gloss over everything else in the program, but, you know, and we'll see how much it, Helps the rest of Tennessee's class and, and future classes, but uh, a, a difference-making quarterback can can make you a ten-win team with the right uh, with the right surrounding cast. Uh, and, and if you get you get things to continue to develop across the board the way they have so far, I, I think that's a, that's a very e- easy projection to make uh, that that this is the quickest path for Tennessee to get back to competing, truly competing in the SEC. And you know, Hendon Hooker and, and what he did on the field has been a big step toward that. We'll see what he can do in, in, in the 2022 season, but no doubt, if you were if you were trying to you know kind of chart a course for Tennessee to get back to winning ten games in a season and to get back to ultimately challenging Georgia for the SEC East or, or whoever's up there in a couple of years, th- this is how you do it. You go get a difference maker at quarterback, and, and you try to see if he can kind of lift the program uh, and everyone else around him and bring in more talent to to go with him. So that's, you know, again, there's several reasons. This is a potentially program changing moment and pick up for Tennessee. Uh, but that's, that's the bottom line. It's the most important position in football. And, and there's a real chance that, that, that Nico could be the, the type of player who really could just change the trajectory of everything on the field for Tennessee.
2: Ryan, there's a couple other things that I want to ask you, but, but the, maybe the most important one before we go here is just how did this come together for Tennessee? Who, who were the coaches, Leading the way, the players leading the way. How how did Tennessee get this young man's attention, and, and what what got the deal done for him to 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 commit to the Vols? Yeah, get
1: first of all, give give Tennessee quarterbacks coach Joey Halsley a lot of credit. Uh, this is a guy that does not uh, when he, when he came in. I think a lot of people saw him. Uh, okay, he's a quarterbacks coach. He's 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 an important guy because Josh Heupel's a quarterbacks guy. This is a quarterback friendly offense. Uh, but I don't know if people saw him as a big time recruiter, fair or not, um, when he came in. Just because they didn't know a lot about him, um, he he's absolutely shown with this recruitment that he can go toe to toe with anybody and 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 win a, a big time battle. And, and that's it, this is an impressive win for for a lot of people in Tennessee's program. But 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 maybe Joey Hallsley as much as anyone. He did some great great work laying the foundation for Tennessee. Josh Heupel obviously heavily involved there too, as he is with any any quarterback prospect and, and and a lot of targets at, at, at most positions for that matter, but especially a quarterback, because he's a quarterback's guy himself. But, uh, but Joey Halsley, uh, a California native, you know, put in a lot of time and, and effort into building the relationship with, uh, with, with Nico and his family uh, did a really good job and just, just kind of chipped away at it for several months. You know, i mentioned Tennessee uh, offered him back in May of, of last year and, didn't get him on campus right away. He he actually took a swing through the southeast last summer and went to Clemson, Georgia, and Alabama, and didn't visit Tennessee. And that was just a few weeks after Tennessee had offered, so maybe a little late to set up the visit at that point. Um, but they you know they kept kept working at it. Seemed to be pretty optimistic they were going to get him back for a visit uh, during the season, and he finally eventually did make it in or the last game of the season, the Vanderbilt game back in late November. And that visit kind of put Tennessee back in it uh, or or in the mix firmly uh, after we, we weren't really sure how much of a serious contender they were for a while there. And that visit uh, put them on the radar. He said from that point forward, he was going to come back for a visit. And then obviously he came back for the, uh, for the, for the big visit the weekend of March 5th and Tennessee just knocked it out of the park. Everything went perfectly for Tennessee on that visit. Uh, He and his family spent more than three days on campus uh, spent a lot of time with coaches he went over to two softball games at tennessee a, a, a noteworthy connection here his his cousin uh is a is a softball player at tennessee uh they're from southern california she transferred from uh from oklahoma so uh so having that connection and and you know probably made made it a little bit easier at least for him to to envision himself at tennessee uh but you know from the fans chanting his name at the at the basketball game to uh, to just the weather being right when he was in town. It was a beautiful, you know, 60s and 70s and sunny most of the weekend that he was in. Just, everything seemed to go perfectly on that visit, and, and Tennessee just knocked it out of the park so much that even though the perception had previously been that Oregon was the team to beat, I think Tennessee was very much a factor even before that visit, and that visit just kind of made Tennessee the, 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 the clear favorite, I think, uh, and it obviously wrapped things up pretty quickly for Tennessee after he had initially planned to wait till late April or May to to make a decision, so uh, give Tennessee and that whole staff a lot of credit. They put in a lot of work on this, but uh, but uh, you know, Joey Halsley and Josh Heupel obviously deserve a lot of the credit for the the work they put in over a pretty long haul. This was not just something that happened with one visit. This was you know several months of work to to get him on campus to get Tennessee back in it and, and eventually to to beat out some of the country's best programs for him.
2: Ryan, last thing, unless you have anything else to add, the last thing that I've got here, and again, we're going a little bit longer here than we do on normal uh, sort of emergency breaking pods, but I think you can understand the reason why we're doing that. This is such a huge, huge deal. In in terms of what you know about this young man, I know he's 3,000 miles away, but you've still been able to to speak with him a few times and get to know him a little bit. How aggressive will he be as a peer recruiter, do you think? I know he's kind of got, you've kind of described his personality a little bit, in terms of just sort of, is this the kind of guy that not only people will want to come play with because they know him, uh, his name and his talent? It, how how aggressively will he be out there trying to get guys to come to Tennessee with him?
1: Yeah, I think that's that's go, that's going to be something he he wants to do for sure. I think he knows uh, for a couple reasons. It's it's something the program needs, but I, th- I think for a lot of quarterbacks, it is something they take upon themselves uh, they, you know when they commit this early, they're they're usually challenged to do that I think a lot of them commit this early because they want to do that and he, he certainly I think fits that fits that description so I, I think you're, you're definitely going to see him kind of uh take the lead in, in recruiting some guys for Tennessee uh we'll, we'll you know only time will tell how how effective he is how much of a difference it makes but, but there's no question you know again I think there are going to be some guys who take more of a look at Tennessee and whether it's behind the scenes or publicly we'll, we'll find out more about that as uh, as the days and weeks progress to see whether he's you know publicly tweeting at guys or things like that. Or if he, he does things a little more quietly behind the scenes, we've seen it both ways uh, You know, from guys like Taven Jackson and, and others in previous classes. Um, you know, each, each guy has their own kind of different uh, approach to things, but I think he, he definitely will be pretty heavily involved and, and wants to do that because he knows Tennessee, Tennessee needs that. He knows he needs the rest of this class uh, to, to make this a program changing class and not just, him and some other pretty good players. You know, I think he knows he wants some other really good guys to come in with him so that he can help turn this around quicker. And so that he can make his three or four years at Tennessee a success. And uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes, but I think there's no doubt he wants to do that. And, and that that's part of the motivation to go ahead and commit early is that he can, uh, have a, a better chance of getting Tennessee in the mix for some really good players over the next several months.
2: Yeah, the, that's the the last thing I had, of course. Unless you got anything else, the only other thing that I have written down, and I'll show it to you here on our on our Zoom call. I put mention the hair with three exclamation marks um, <laughs> because I didn't want to not as someone who. You know, during the, the, the after a few you know months of the pandemic was like, screw it, I'm just not cutting my hair for a while. If you hadn't seen it in a while, uh, it's like, you know, past the shoulders. Now, I'll probably cut it for my brother's wedding. But bottom line, this young man's hair is just as long. Th- this guy, this 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 guy's got some style and some flow. And I got to tell you, Ryan, I like it. I There's a I, there's a lot to like there. You know, he, he
1: really does. Just give off the California cool vibe, uh, and, and hey, Greg Biggins, uh, again, our West Coast analyst, or uh, one of our West Coast guys who's a national analyst at Twenty Four Seven Sports. He 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 gave the comparison on his official Twenty Four Seven Sports evaluation to Marcus Mariota, uh, a guy that he kind of grew up liking a lot, and, and that's one of the reasons he kind of grew up liking Oregon uh, was Mariota, and you know that's uh, that's not a bad comparison for kind of how he's built and his skill set in a lot of ways. Uh, but this, uh, yeah, he, he's got that kind of just kind of quiet confidence and swagger to him uh but it's not an overconfidence necessarily like he, he just he just carries himself in a good way for for a quarterback that you want leading a program like this but yeah from the look to to just the way he carries himself this the way he smiles all the time i think he's going to be a pretty pretty easy guy for fans to to rally around and and, and cheer for at tennessee and, and you're going to see a lot of people uh uh I, i'm sure buying his shirts and things like that once he <laughs> once he gets here and the, the the nil deals uh take off as i'm sure they will and he, he gets his name out there because he's he's going to be a popular popular guy from the day he sets foot on campus and no question his look is only going to add to that you know he's uh, he was wearing sunglasses a lot during his uh during his visit to tennessee back uh, the weekend of march 5th he, he just he just kind of carries himself that that california cool way that's the only other way i know, know to put it but he is uh he is that kind of guy, and, and no doubt his hair is a, a big part of that. So I'm I'm not surprised that you mentioned that, but but no doubt
2: people are going to notice that. <laughs> hey, flow respects flow, game respect game. That's all I gotta say. Well, let's let's not put your flow quite in that discussion though, Wes. The, let's the, be Ryan. The picture with with the Braves mascot at the game and everything. <laughs> I was wearing like one of those the the face masks that has like the two straps on it. That was not wearing a hat. That was not like a proper flow day. That was not a proper representation. The flow is normally, I I think. Pretty good but but not not this young man so this uh but but re- regardless uh flow respect flow so so this kid is good this this is a huge day for tennessee i don't think there is a darn thing to complain about with this ryan you got anything else
1: no i think you said it uh anybody who likes to nitpick any of these uh pickups tennessee has i, I don't think we're going to hear a lot of that uh today i think okay. this is going to be a universally celebrated day for for tennessee and and rightfully so it's uh again kind of a Potentially a, a, a turning point, a, a program-changing kind of moment if Tennessee can continue to capitalize on it. But uh, on his own, uh, huge, huge pickup for Tennessee for a lot of reasons.
2: Yeah, not going to be a lot of Obama wouldn't take him or Georgia wouldn't take him. <laughs> not going to be a lot of yeah. that with this one. This one, this one's a big deal. Ryan, thanks for joining us, man. I know it's a busy day, lots going on, so appreciate you taking some time to 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 do this with us, man. Appreciate it. Absolutely, thanks for us. And you know what, guys? If I can find that button, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? There it is. Now I can say thank you for listening to this edition of the Govals 24/7 podcast, a big! edition of the Go Balls 24-7 podcast. Thanks to Ryan for joining us. More importantly, thanks to y'all for listening. We appreciate it. We always do. You can find all of us on social media. I'm West Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. Patrick Brown is P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. And Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter. If you want just Tennessee news on your feed nothing else, you can get that at twitter.com slash Go balls 24-7. You can also go to facebook.com slash Go balls 24-7 and get tons of stuff there throughout the day. But if you want the best, most delicious East Tennessee Smoky mountain deliciousness that beautiful beautiful clear smoky mountain water right from the tap go get that at go 247com the best site on all of al gore's internets for coverage of tennessee football football recruiting basketball basketball recruiting tennessee baseball ranked second in the newest poll lots of stuff going on there big stuff there lady vols ncaa tournament coming up big stuff going on with them and we got maria cornelius who covers them all year long every sport not just basketball all of it a to z we cover every single thing that tennessee does we cover it right there at govols247.com. We got two forums that run round the clock, all day, every day, where you can go 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and discuss anything you want that is not political or religious in nature. With all, with hundreds and thousands of Tennessee fans across the world, pretty much every single time zone, any time of day, people will be on there wanting to talk with you. Not just not just about Vols, not just about sports, about life, man, about anything you want, as long as it's not politics or religion. Got the checkerboard and the summit for those. We've also got the uh, the, the best database that, that you're going to find. The best national analyst and network that you're going to find. All of that. All of that you get. And that's a pretty good deal. For less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That's all it costs. But if you pay us that rate, which again is really, really, really reasonable. On top of that, we will give you a just in perpetuity full access in perpetuity to Paramount Plus, which is the, the, the streaming behemoth giant that we're building here at CBS FiCom, where you get everything CBS has ever done commercial free exclusive shows like Picard, Evil, 1883, Star Trek, Mayor Kingstown, fresh movies, Hollywood movies, A list movies, classic movies, new movies, all kinds of stuff, plus access to the vaults of obviously CBS into MTV, BET, Comedy Central, Smithsonian, Nickelodeon, something for everyone in the family. And live sports, fall stuff, SEC stuff, NFL, PGA Tour, uh, Champions League, UEFA Europa League, World Cup qualifiers, Italian Serie A. Guys, all of it. That's, we we give you all of it, which is several hundred dollars worth of stuff for like a hundred bucks a year after a free trial. You cannot beat that deal. Go right now to GoVols247.com and take advantage of that opportunity. Please, you will not regret it. Also, please rate and review and subscribe to this podcast. We always appreciate it. You can find it anywhere that you can cast the fine pod. You can find this very podcast. And I think we're just about out of time, so I'm just going to say shout out to the, the, you know, thoughts to the people in in Eastern Europe. It's it's rough there. Tough world. Have some empathy. Be decent to each other. Come on. We can do better than this. See you.